driving into the Netherlands, I remember this moment where I crossed the border and I was super excited and suddenly I got really sad. I had this feeling of like, this is not my home in the sense of I, I really don't see myself living here. And that was pretty interesting to, to feel and to sense because a part of me was, was in a way desiring and hoping to be maybe this time when I come back to the Netherlands, like maybe this time it'll make sense and it feels really right to just be here again because it seems so easy. Welcome to the Feminine Way podcast. My name is Dika and I'm a Tantra teacher. I'm on a mission to make Tantra and Tantric wisdom modern and down to earth. And I support and work with feminine leaders and entrepreneurs to use this wisdom in their daily lives, relationships, and businesses to activate more love, intimacy, and pleasure. In this episode, I give a personal update about my life in the past months, which consisted of a big life transition giving up our Bali luxury home for a still-to-be-converted van in Europe. In this episode, I share why we decided to do so and how van life has really been. Besides that, I open up about the struggles that have come up between us, impacted by the van project, cultural conditioning, and living closely in one tiny space. So yeah, you're really getting a peek behind the scenes of my life. I would say grab yourself a cup of tea and enjoy. Okay, so... Where to start? That was the question that I had just moments ago, because the past few months have been so much and so many different things and so much movement that I think I've been during this whole trip, we've been in over 10 countries already. And some of those countries we've been in multiple times, and that's been only for now about three months. So. Um, if you've been following me on Instagram and, and following my stories, uh, most likely it's been quite difficult to keep up with where I've been and what I'm doing. Um, I can only imagine because for me, it's already been quite challenging to keep up with where I'm at and what I'm doing. So, but first let's, let's share a little bit on this morning specifically, actually, because I'm currently in the Spanish Pyrenees. Um, again, if you're watching the video episode or the video um, version of this podcast, you'll see me sitting in the podcast van studio, um, which I now created solo. Um, last week, we also recorded an episode with me and Modestas together, but this is the first time that I'm recording a podcast by myself on European grounds in the van. I'm very proud of myself. I had to tell myself really 80% is good enough. That's one of my golden rules to make sure that I don't get stuck into perfectionism. Um, and so this morning I was actually with my mom at the river and it was a very, very special moment. So here in the Spanish Pyrenees, I'm basically spending a lot of time with my mom. Uh, last week also my sister was here for a concept that we co-created, which was called the Spain Mountain Community Weeks. My mom is a shaman and has her base, her work base basically here in the Spanish Pyrenees. So she is here about six months out of the 12 months a year. So half of the year she spends here in this beautiful area with the mountains. And I know the area actually very well too, because I used to come here a lot, probably from like 10 years of age, almost every summer we would come here and camp. So I'm familiar with the area. And also after, um, going backpacking by myself for a year and spending most of the time in Southeast Asia and Australia, I actually ended up coming back to Europe and then spent two months here by myself 
uh, just to really integrate all of that that has happened. So if you're curious on on what has happened during that travel and how my life changed around, I would recommend listening to the very first episode where I tell my story of um, how I went from studying innovation management to then teaching naked yoga and to moving my ass to Bali and then, well, getting married and meeting my soulmate and becoming a Tantra teacher. Um, so that was basically book number one. And I feel I've just started a new chapter or maybe actually a new book because, um, yeah, since three months, we decided to give up our home in Bali, which was a beautiful home and was like, okay, I think it's time to open up a new chapter and spend also more time in Europe because I've been living in Bali for four years, which has been amazing and it changed my life completely, but it really felt ready and I felt really, yeah, like something was calling me. And the main thing that was calling me were the mountains. And this area, the Spanish mountains, but also the Swiss mountains, a place I know very well too, because I used to come there every winter to go on winter sports and spend time in the snowy mountains. So there's really something about the mountains that has been calling me. And I would say for the past year and a half, I started to miss it more and more while being in Bali. Um, Bali is amazing. It's a tropical island. It's always warm. Uh, there are volcanoes, so there are some kind of like more mountain hilly areas, which are really beautiful. And I spend also quite some time there in Bali. However, I really felt like I, I just couldn't stop saying I want to spend time in the mountains. I want to be in the mountains. And so specifically this morning was very special because so I've been spending lots of time here with my mom and we were at the river in the morning and she was drumming and the dog was there and we ended up taking both getting naked and jumping into the river. I wouldn't say jumping. It's really freezing cold water at the moment. Um, so it was more of an ice bath. Um, but it was just really special to share that moment with my mom. And I had this like um, this feeling of like this is one of the reasons why I wanted to spend more time in Europe and why I really felt the call to in a way give up a part of the life that I was living in Bali and how beautiful and how amazing and luxurious it was and start something new because it's these moments that I've been really missing and really building that connection again with my mom and with my family was one of the main intentions of also being more in Europe because Bali is like really other side of the world. So having this moment with my mom, it really, it really clicked of like this sense of gratitude of, okay, the past few months have not been easy. They have been really fun, but also with a lot of ups come a lot of downs. However, it's totally worth it to have these moments with family and to really just be so out in nature and so connected to, for me, what's real, what life is really about. Um, so I guess that was, yeah, a beautiful inspiration also to to really record this this podcast and give a personal update of how it's been. Like um, I've been I've been reflecting on it already and writing lots of things down over the past few weeks. And every time I wanted to sit down to record this podcast, I'm like, ah, not not fully ready yet. Um, and yeah, there's just been lots of things to integrate, and I'm still in that process. But I'm gonna give it a try and see see how far we get. So I want to zoom back from here now, from the present moment of this beautiful, yeah, this beautiful morning with my, with my mom in the river to about three months ago when, yeah, we, we were giving up our house, moving out of our house in Bali and getting ready to go on this adventure in Europe where we bought a van and we started to have 
a home on wheels, basically, which is not fully a home on wheels yet, but it was uh, just a van that is still in the process of being converted. And just a little bit on the intention of, of Fortis Strip and the vision that I had. So as I mentioned beforehand already, it was really based on a feeling like I wanted to spend more time in the mountains besides that feeling like, okay, desiring to be closer to my family, but also I had this deep longing to experience more of the seasons. Um, and this for me was a, yeah, very fascinating to have this longing and desire come up. I think also in the past year, it started to be there more and more because when I first moved to Bali, I was like, never winter again, always warm. This is like heaven. Let's go for this. This is what I've always dreamed of. And it was really what I've always dreamed of. And then living there for the past years, it's just interesting to see, yeah, how desires and longings change and how it changes while you change it, change. So for example, one of the big things that was part of my Bali journey was really reclaiming the feminine, the feminine side of myself, which comes to connecting to my body more, learning to drop out of my head, because all the years before that in my life, I spent time learning with my mind. So yeah, I was doing my bachelor's, my master's, innovation management, learning theoretical models, and it was all on like, yeah, going, doing, reaching goals. And so basically when I started backpacking and eventually moved to Bali, it really became about reclaiming the feminine and understanding what it means to be a woman, connecting to my body, um, and also connecting. One of the first things that came with that was connecting to my cycle, my menstruation cycle, where I used to be, yeah, on the pill for, I would say, I think about 10 years. And slowly, slowly, I naturally felt the call to go off that and to really get in touch with my natural cycle. I started learning a lot about it, did online courses, read a lot of books around it. And then from, yeah, experimenting and just actually following and tracing my cycle, I became more and more comfortable with my own inner season. So I started to learn on, okay, the feminine cycle consists of the different seasons. And the funny thing is it was really connected actually to um, my background in innovation management because that's all about creation and learning to create and the menstruation cycle is my own inner creation cycle and by getting more comfortable with my inner seasons and specifically it's the inner winter and the inner uh, fall so that's the inner winter is your menstruation phase so where you're bleeding and the inner um, fall or autumn phase is the luteal phase of your cycle so basically the week before before you start bleeding and often it's referred to as like the PMS phase. Now, like out on the outside, basically I was, as I just mentioned, saying like, fuck winter, bye, never uh, autumn again. I'm just going to live in permanent summer uh, in Bali. And, but then the more I started to connect to my cycle and started to actually really appreciate my inner winter. I really started to love bleeding. I really started to understand the gifts of the luteal phase and unlocking what I call the secret fifth phase. Uh, a few days just before you start bleeding are, are can be very special and very blissful and almost like another ovulation kind of feeling peak, that kind of experience. All things that I never thought were actually possible because I hated bleeding. Like I remember when I was on the pill, I would take the pill as many times as I could. 
just to only bleed every three months or so because I thought it was such a nuisance and I really wanted to make sure it wasn't happening on my holiday in the wrong timings or when I was with a lover or something like that, you know? So it took so much energy and effort and shame and blame on that part. And so me reclaiming and getting in touch with that and slowly, slowly, not just loving my inner spring and my ovulation phase, but also really enjoying these yeah these more inwards phases these more more inward seasons it basically unlocked this desire to have that now again also on the outside so i started to miss this um autumn feeling of the the leaves the colors changing and just the sweaters and wearing and having this cozy feeling and i was missing winter and the snowy mountains and and um, yeah, still being outside, but this cold, but still the sun shining. And from there, I yeah, there's also this desire to spend more time in Europe because in Bali that just doesn't exist. There are rainy season. There's there is yeah, you have rainy season and dry season sort of. And there is a slight, of course, the more you live there, I, I notice the nuances. And I know, for example, I really love being there in July and August. Um, because that's actually my favorite month season-wise, because it's actually pretty dry, uh, but a little bit cooler than the rest of the year. Um, anyways, <laughs> I got this desire of like, I want to live the seasons, but then my intention was like, and this is still some a work in progress also, but this question of, okay, if I live the ultimate potential of every season of my own inner cycle, I would love to experience that in nature on the outside i would love to live the highest potential of every season experience them in their most beautiful magnificent way so that means often not spending that much time in the netherlands because it's just kind of gray and rainy and cold and but not that cold so there's no snow so it's pretty shitty and i i still i have to say i've spent there now a little bit here and there and i'm like yep it is still pretty shitty <laughs> um but then I'm thinking, okay, Switzerland, the mountains, the snow, doing winter like that, it just, to me, that's, yeah, it gives me so much joy uh, being in winter. And of course, I haven't spent there three months, but um, living these, yeah, finding these beautiful peak moments to really dive into the seasonal experience is really something I'm still trying to incorporate more into my life and trying to find ways and experiment of like how how could that look in the long term like what kind of structure would that be and the same with like the autumn also last year I was uh, a few weeks like a month or so in the Netherlands in autumn and yeah the leaves the, the colors changing and it's so beautiful and magnificent and the 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 leaves falling on the floor and being able to walk through them and the sound of that and really being able to appreciate having a cup of tea and or the wind blowing or moments like that so anyways um those are some of the intentions and feelings that were behind okay i think it's time for a new chapter to let go a little bit of bali so i haven't fully let go of bali which i'll share a little bit at the end um so we didn't leave to never come back actually we are coming back pretty soon already <laughs> um, and besides that of course I'm not by myself so here I have my partner too and here I am okay I feel really called to spend more time in Europe what about you um, because I know he really loves Asia he really started to love Bali too that wasn't always the case um, and luckily he was he was really 
excited about it and really supportive of okay I I, I want to I don't feel it as strongly but what he more had was the call to dance more so he dances uh, Zouk it's like a, a Latin partner dance and so I also dance that but it's really really his passion and something that so fulfills his soul and he always talks about it now in Bali there's not that much of a, a Zouk community yet it's starting to become more and more and more so his main intention was like okay uh, because what he used to live was he would be in tantra trainings and retreats and teaching for about half of his time and half of his time he would be in Europe traveling around going to all these dance events and so he was like well if, if we're going to spend more time in Europe then really my my biggest call and intention for that is to dance more to travel around to dance so here we had these kind of like two different intentions um yeah me wanting to spend more time with family uh, experience the seasons be in the mountains be in nature um, also I was really feeling called to work more in person because many of you are actually in Europe or in the Netherlands so being around there to be able to create more of that and explore what that can can mean um, because yes it's mainly online my work and my business which is amazing gives me a lot of freedom and I love creating in-person experiences too and yeah trying to explore what's there what could be a next kind of direction in my in my business as well so that was the one side and then Modestus um, having this okay super strong call then I want to go dance also seeing his family so he is from Lithuania um, we haven't spent that much time with his family yet and also that was important for him um, so we tried to combine all of that which is basically how the idea of a van came onto our path now I've had van life or this beautiful image of like being in a van and opening the back windows and seeing this massive mountain uh, on my vision board for quite a while quite some years but I wasn't super fanatic of like I need a van now and I need to live a van life and whatever but we've talked about it here and there so it wasn't like out of the blue and now Modestus he also really had this strong dream of of wanting a home that's another big thing for him is like really trying to find home and have a home and own a home um, and also this dream of yeah creating creating a van and having this this place to live because he has a whole different kind of past and um, he used to live in a car and he knows that experience well so for him it was really important okay then I want I don't want that again I want I can imagine a van but then I want it to be beautiful and I want to make it and I want to create a really really beautiful home a nurturing home for for us so with all of these different things we started to kind of plan okay like we have four months um, before we have retreats and trainings again in Bali so basically end of like in a, in a few weeks we're flying back to Bali and we're spending about like three and a half four months there at least to be in trainings and this is this teaching um, I'm organizing the soulmate training also again at level one and level two and so with many things that are happening there so Bali as I mentioned before we let it go in that way as a, a fixed home base but we've created so much there we've learned so much there there's so much potential in the island and I love the place of course as well there's my community my friends everything is there too um, and so there's mainly now with a new influx of the island opening up after the pandemic this yeah a lot of what a lot of work possibilities so we see it more it's starting to transition a little bit more into a work base like a freaking amazing work base I mean Bali being my office is 
pretty next level. So I'm, I'm pretty happy with that. <laughs> so anyways, we had like about four months. Okay, how are we going to figure out what, what we're going to do in this trip? Uh, what are we going to do in this trip, basically? Which is how the plan came, how we started to basically piece different things together. Um, eventually, we ended up finding, or Modestus, I have to say, I have to give, about the van, I have to give the credits all to Modestus because he's been a freaking rock star and just so on top of it and leading the project. And he found the van and did so much research and he invested most of it, uh, most of yeah, his finances and things. Like He's been taking care of a lot of it. So in that way, I've been a very lucky woman and to have... Yeah, such an amazing man that wants to take leadership in that and have been on it. And I didn't have to worry about it much. And so basically we flew to Lithuania from Bali. We bought the van, but the van, of course, is just a van. It's like a bus. It's a blue bus, which is amazing. Um, my brand color, so I like it. <laughs> However, like basically nothing was there yet. And so in that first week, Manessas with a friend uh, made sure there's a a bed in there and that we can at least have some sort of basic sleep spot and we weren't also expecting to have to to live in the van full time we were uh, with all the things that were scheduled basically soon after we had two weeks in Switzerland for winter sport we had a beautiful um, beautiful venue where we were staying at beautiful hotel or how do you say that apartment uh, super luxurious and amazing and so afterwards also the things we had planned we were I was teaching and organizing a retreat and we had a few weeks of my mom's house in the Netherlands um, so there wasn't like okay the van we need to be able to live in it fully uh, however it was of course okay how are we going to do this now so we have a basic bed in there and what's next and I guess this is what leads me to the first kind of for me was like a little bit of a reality check and I'm still sort of in it um, so a little bit behind the scenes of like, how has van life been and do I really like it? I have to say, yes, I do really love it in the way that I remember the bed being first installed and just this childish kind of feeling of like, oh, I just have like a car and I can drive it anywhere and I can sleep in it. And I was so excited to sleep in it. And I've had, I have to say, so many good sleeps in the van ever since. Basically, I'm so happy with it. And still I get this kind of like, yeah, childish, happy feeling of like, I can sleep in the van. How excited, how exciting is that? And it reminds me a lot of uh, when I was younger because I used to go camping a lot with, with my parents. We had a caravan. We would go basically every summer for a bunch of weeks. So I'm... I'm used to that in a way. However, I'm not used to a camper van in that sense or a van and really living, living in it. Um, and I have to say, it's not that I can say that I've had that experience now because still like the past few days here in the Pyrenees because Modestus has been to a dance event this weekend and I was like, okay, I'm going wild camping by myself and see how I like it when I'm really spending time with a van by myself, driving it around, uh, finding spots in nature. Now, I, I have been staying really close to my mom in the sense of to the camping. And my mom is like 20 minute walk away or something. <laughs> so I wouldn't call it like wild, wild camping. Um, but yeah, I have been really loving it. And also the more I connected a van, like for me, it's really important to be able to drive in it myself too. So I love practicing in it because Modestus is also a former truck driver. So he can maneuver the van everywhere, left, right, center, park it in the most busy streets. Uh, it's like I've seen him do parking jobs. It's 
crazy. And so that's been really, really amazing for my feminine, been able to so easily surrender and he could take care of everything and drive and not having to like stress together on that piece. We've been stressing up about many other things, but that has not been one of them. So that's amazing. Um, but yeah, it's nice to have the van to myself for moments where I can really drive it and have to have to try it. And the other day I had to like turn around somewhere and it was awkward and I the car went off a few times and a car was waiting but it's nice to be able to like, but I still got this. So overall, I've been loving, loving van life. Um, and we're still, yeah, of course, making the van nicer and nicer and nicer over time. However, the one big struggle when it comes to the van has actually been something I've really underestimated has been the actual van conversion project. So in my mind, we're like leaving Bali. Modesta's bought the van. I put a deposit down. So we're going to pick up the van. Then we have a van. Amazing. Of course, I saw pictures of the van. I saw that it wasn't finished. It's not like a, a converted camper van. I've seen many beautiful images on Pinterest, though, where it looks amazing. And so that's something to dream about that you dream of. And like, okay, you have conversations on of like how we want it, what kind of colors. That's been all really fun. But then <laughs> the actual implementation of that. And so basically the actual doing the work and all the little nooks and grannies that come with this project and taking care of the van and taking decisions on it and um, putting isolation up and like basically everything around the actual conversion project. And we're still in the middle of that has been quite the challenge. And I wouldn't say one of my favorite parts of this trip. And as I said, I, I slightly underestimated or just didn't think it through. Like I, as I said, I had all the facts. I just didn't think it through. I was thinking about just me being able to create and like I'm doing a podcast now. And that's actually, it's like, it's happening. So we're getting there. <laughs> um, but the amount of discussions and arguments we've had around this project has been a lot. We've been learning a lot about each other. Um, and yeah, Med Modestus has been, as I said, like, giving all the credit to him for really taking on this project. I would say what I learned about myself is that I should never buy like a house renovation project or something or a house that still needs to be renovated. I can, I can, I definitely know now that that's not, not my thing in the sense of I can have the vision because I used to play the Sims all the time and I love designing houses there and just giving it shape and form and playing with that. I love creation but the actual doing of it is not my strong suit, is not something where I'd like, like, liked my energy to go or where I can stay present for a long time. So that's definitely something I've been learning about myself. Also, I wasn't fully, just again, I wasn't really thinking it through of like how hands-on and how practical and how many little details come with that, you know? Um, <laughs> So, yeah, we've had lots of discussions and arguments and Modestus has mentioned no more times of like, I just don't feel supported and I want your support more. And I'm sorry, love. <laughs> I'm trying. No, but it's been interesting to get to know each other in this way also, because here I've, I've been feeling like I constantly am supportive. I feel like I'm listening to Modestus share about the project and the vision and the things and trying to decide on things. And he tries to technically explain something and then it's really hard for me to get, but I'm still listening. So I felt like I'm constantly listening and supporting. And then he's been feeling like, like, yeah, I have not been really involved in, in being that supportive. So it's been really interesting to have that experience gap coming up between the two of us and just being like, but what the fuck do you mean, you know? And it just not, 
just almost talking from two different realities. So it's been quite confusing, but also what we've learned, for example, is learn lots about each other. Um, when he talks about very technical things, for me, it's really hard to visualize it, to really like actually understand or to see it. And so sometimes he would do that and he thought that he explained it well and that I got it. And then like a day later, we talked about the same thing again and I would ask it the same kind of questions. He's like, but we talked about this before, like we decided already. And I'm like, I don't know what you mean. I don't think I've decided on that. Um, <laughs> so what we've come to learn is that if he makes it really visual for me, it's, it's way easier to take decisions and be involved and be more excited um, to like think about the beauty of it and show me like how it's possible in different vans or how this cook stove would look there or this kind of cook stove, how it looks in a different van and an image. Then I get excited. So we've learned a lot about each other. Um, to say the least on it and still to be continued and it's just interesting also we've bumped into a lot of differences between men and women which we know a lot about we teach about it too but it's always different to experience it yourself and to be able to become aware of that aware of a pattern between the two of you you know um, so for example Medessa's the other day um, I was like, oh, I feel excited. Um, maybe we can finish the isolation. And so I was really feeling like, oh, yeah, we can work on it together. And to me, it always sounds really romantic. This is also one of the things I thought. I was like, oh, so romantic to convert the van together and to work on it. And yeah, it's kind of romantic for five minutes. And then um, it's not so romantic anymore. <laughs> um, but anyways, and so he was like, no, we can't do it now. And I'm like, I was so confused on why we couldn't do it now. And he was like, well, because... I'm so done with not being able to finish it. So for me, it's not exciting. I don't want to start something when we can't finish it. And to me, it was so confusing. I'm like, what do you mean? Like there's little things here we can just do a little bit. And so this has been one of the things noticing that. Um, and it was such an interesting argument where I'm like, I would never, my brain would have never come up with that argument. That's just not how it functions or works. He's like, no, we need to do the roof windows first before I'm going to start with the isolation again, because the, we need to put isolation about the roof windows and we need to then we can actually finish the whole thing like as I said I'm done not being able to finish it and so to understand about the masculine brain it's very goal oriented it likes to reach goals it likes to fix problems solve things now the feminine brain is more uh, has like this diffused awareness so the, we call it like single focus for men for women it's more diffused awareness so noticing more of yeah, more of the environment um, in that way. And it's, it's less like linear. It's more like fluid. So where I'm like, oh, I can flow a little bit here and then do a little bit here and then ponder a little bit on this and then do that. The masculine is like, oh, I don't know what to do with that because I want to like fix the problem and solve this point now. And, and yeah, seeing him really like starting to see that it's really really hard for him when a goal can't be reached and how it really then impacts his presence because again on the other side of him being so busy with the van project um, I've been saying well but I'm missing your presence like what about just enjoying this moment instead of wanting to constantly improve things more and make it better like what about just being here um, and then yeah really trying to find that balance and, and learning from each other um, we have definitely done now, I won't take you exactly on this journey of like, where have I been for how many days and what's been next, uh, but I would like to share a little bit on the Switzerland trip and specifically on the topic of feminine leadership because I've been learning some beautiful lessons and insights on that as well. 
And so basically in the first month, uh, we started in Lithuania, got the van. We eventually ended up spending two weeks in Switzerland. This has been a dream come true. So basically this was this trip has also been filled with dreams coming true. Um, one of them was really spending time with my family here in the, the Spanish Pyrenees. And another one was being in Switzerland and going snowboarding. And really living that also for a little bit longer than just a week because I just wanted to experience this winter season feeling, but also having this luxury of like, okay, I can only imagine if you live there and you just have a ski pass and you live close to the mountain that you go in your breaks and you just go for an hour snowboarding or yeah, just for an hour walk outside or just hop onto the mountain for a few hours a day. And then having that kind of like experience of living there while having beautiful creation and work to do and at the same time being able to go outside and enjoy life so Switzerland was really one of my initiations and my dreams that I wanted to happen and wanted to come true and was really saving up for and also to take Modestus onto that experience because he'd never been on winter sports or he'd never been on a snowboard or skiing or really spend that much time in that way in the snowy mountains now, feminine leadership was an important key, not just with Modesta, but also with my family. Because another beautiful dream that I had was actually for my dad and my sisters, whoever wanted to come to also spend time in Switzerland and have that connection time again. Because that's what used to happen, what we used to do a lot every winter. And it felt so nourishing. And I have so many fond memories of the winter sports. So my grandma, basically, she had a chalet in Switzerland. And by having that really communal kind of house, like our families and our cousins and aunts and uncles and stuff like that, I know we would always go every winter. And it was a luxury for sure. And it was just very, very special to me. And I loved being outside, moving my body while it's freaking cold, while it's winter. Um, to me, again, that's like this peak experience of living a season, living winter specifically. This is the ultimate, the ultimate way of living it for me. And yeah, feminine leadership for me, it's really based on desire. So the feminine will feel something, will will feel this like, okay, I need to go there or wants to follow this this intuitive pull, um, really based on, on feeling and on connecting to love. Um, basically, she's focused always on connection and creating connection. So for me, that's also what this trip was about in the sense of, but also, yeah, Switzerland specifically is creating this, this sense of connection. Um, however, it's also about then receptivity. So instead of like, okay, this needs to happen, this needs to happen now, this needs to happen this way, I'm going to make it work. That's a more like masculine way of achieving something. I really was asked and invited to do it more the feminine way because my dad, my sisters, they couldn't fully confirm if they wanted going to be there, yes or no. The same with Modesta. He's like, I'll come with you, but I can't promise that I'll go actually snowboarding or skiing or that I'm going to like that. Please don't put that pressure on me. And so I really had to drop back into, okay, this is my desire, my dream. I'm going to create it for myself. I'm inviting connection. I'm inviting others on that experience, but it won't be like this needs to happen with more like outgoing force. I'm just going to be receptive and I'm going to, in that way, lean back and not expect anything. I really had to tell myself that a bunch of times. Okay, like not expect anything, but keep, keep um, putting out the spark. Like keep, how do you say that? 
um, yeah, kind of creating these, these inspiration blinks of moments where I would joke or I would send a little photo or a little message of like, this is what I really desire. This is what I would really like. And this is what I imagine. This is the dream. This is the vision. And you guys are invited to come. And eventually, very last minute, last minute has also been a theme of this trip. A lot of things are happening last minute. Um, my dad and my sisters and their partners all came for a weekend to the Swiss mountains. It was definitely one of the highlights of the past few months for sure. It was very, very, very nourishing, very beautiful. And also during that trip, Modestus, um, eventually after a week and me constantly like, okay, maybe today, like if you would like, we can, we can go outside and start practicing on the snowboard. Um, he's like, no, no. I'm like, okay, then I'm going by myself. And so after a week, eventually he was like, okay, I think I, I am curious what you're doing every day going out on that snowboard. Let's practice it. So I was like, yes. Ah, and so it wasn't, um, an easy journey in the sense of, of course, learning snowboarding, it's not that easy. You just fall a lot of times, but you have to be able to get back up and keep practicing. And once you get the movement, it's, it's quite easy. And uh, eventually he loved it. And so I also have never seen him in actual fear like that on the mountain. I think on day like three or four at some point, we went out on the big mountain for one of the first times. And where I was like, oh, this is like a blue slope. It's in my memory of doing it it's not that steep but then actually looking from his eyes and looking with this really like okay but I don't know how to control this thing and how to actually take a turn on time yeah I could see that it was it was like it's a mountain you know you it's like yeah you go down a freaking mountain on a slippery slope and with a sliding board underneath so it's pretty scary so I've never really seen him in in actual like fear for his physical health and physical life like that um, so that was also an, another piece that I, I, um, yeah, got to experience from him. Basically, yeah, this trip, we got to experience also a lot of different and new pieces from each other. But eventually he kept on being really dedicated and learning to snowboard within a week. And he was freaking amazing and epic and also really hooked. So he actually booked already for next year, the, the same place where we we're at. And he was like, we're coming back. We're doing this. So that was definitely a, a big achievement. And also, yeah, just this, this wing towards my feminine of like, yeah, that working in the way of really leading from the feminine has been very beautiful. And also, what's been really special is then to see the result of it, to be able to really have that patience, to be so much in receptivity, to really be f like living from your desire, really living the dream yourself already, like, like really enjoying it. Not because like, oh, I'm going to enjoy it. So he will want to come or he will want to do it or my family will come. It's like, no, really, because I know that I want to be there. I want to, this lights my soul, it blinks, like turns on my light. And that attracts, that attracts beauty, that attracts connection, that attracts love. And on the other hand, on feminine leadership, because also basically this strip has been initiated and based on also this, this principle of feminine leadership, because I had really this strong feeling of like, I need to be in Europe. I need to be with family in the mountains. There's something there. I don't know exactly. In a way, it doesn't make sense at all to give up to give up Bali life, to like, we have everything sorted out, a luxury house, amazing place, enough work, friends, family, everything we created there in sense of not like physical, uh, how do you say that? We, in, in spiritual, it's something called like, not like blood family, but more like spiritual 
family because in a way we, we lived there also during the pandemic where many of us actually didn't leave the island for years so you became each other's family so there's lots of beauty there and so this this transition of like opening this new chapter of starting this new book and incorporating a different lifestyle and starting to explore it was really based on this this intuition feeling of like I just feel there's something there and I don't really know what it is and initiated also by then this yeah this feminine leadership of like this is a dream this is what I'm going to live are you with me are you following me and Modesta's always says so cutely well it's a good thing that you have such a cute butt because I just I just follow your butt around and just make sure that I I pave the way in front of your feet so you have a nice path to walk on um, so you can follow that feeling and I'm I'm being a service of that that's pretty pretty amazing I have a very special man in my life I have to say <laughs> um, and so yeah great feminine attracts great masculine um, that's a, a golden principle however then what is really nice to 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 really get the confirmation of like oh okay I see now why because and this is something why it's been this is basically why it's been become easier and easier for me to follow my intuition over the past years and to take these like big leaps of faith is because I started somewhere and started doing it and then actually saw the result so weeks later suddenly it became logical and then I understood oh this is why I felt it this makes a lot of sense and so like moving to Bali was one of those but there's been many in between moments where yeah I had to keep on going keep on following my intuition like fell down got back up and keep on keep on walking and the more I've been doing that the more I've been seeing the result of it and that's been giving me a lot of trust but then of course it's really nice sometimes to get this like suddenly this confirmation drops in or suddenly it's like the logic behind the feeling shows itself and you're like oh it's such a satisfying feeling of like yes this it's it's right it's true it's okay to follow it it's so powerful so one of those things happened because yeah really based on this this feeling we left Bali now in the the first like two months or something of us being out of the island or I think for like a period of like about six weeks there was actually lots of tumult and tumult how do you say that tumult a lot of things at least a lot of upheaval happening on Bali itself in the sense of a lot of people being deported also some people out of our community and friends being deported there was just yeah, lots of struggle of so much more influx of people and tourists um, and a lot of Russian people specifically flowing into the country and apparently like misusing the work visas or something like that so immigration was really really fanatic on people and really strict and it was kind of like there was lots of fear in our community in Bali and and a lot of people feeling kind of unsafe in the work and not being able to post on social media or really promote events or teach and host events and so that was happening behind the scenes um, for for those few weeks and for me um, oh, and at the same time, I think there was a rule of like you couldn't, I don't know, drive a bike anymore or lots of bike accidents happening and things, things like that. So the, the island was a little bit in a, in a shake and in, in a moment of like change. And I knew that if I would have been there, it would have been very scary and not not feeling nice, not feeling free to create or like even though the work we're doing, it's not really we don't have to be afraid of that uh, but still like we do work with Tantra it's often considered and and connected to sexuality or like yeah people hear Tantra they think or 
you say Tantra Day here is sex, and still uh, Indonesia is a Muslim country. Now, these are things that you kind of don't know about until you actually live there uh, because from the outside and what you often experience many people experience from Bali it's, it's magic it's a beautiful island it's tropical it's beauty it's luxury it's all these things now living there and working there comes with different a different reality sometimes as well so every place in that way know that has always has its pros and its cons it's just yeah it's just normal but specifically yeah that first month of us being gone there was so much happening on the island uh, behind the scenes where I was just super glad of like ah oh, this makes sense of why I felt super called to also go to Europe and to not be on the island in that moment of time um, because that would have not been a super fun reality and this is way more soul nourishing than that experience and so it's moments like this where suddenly the logic drops in which I always really soak in for a moment and to be like really like thinking my body and thinking my intuition and my feminine for like picking that up for warning me in a way and for inspiring me and showing me where else to go and to keep following that which is really special so something I always yeah work on with clients but also recommend to you is really learn to listen to that feeling and dare to actually actually listen you know and take the action that comes with it because what I've learned it's always worth it it's scary but it it's how do you say that it keeps you it keeps you alive it keeps you connected to what really matters and also like what I like change is a given change is a fact um, change will always happen so in the sense of I could have been like no but Bali is amazing and everything is here I've been here for four years I want to stay here longer and I want to keep living this reality and then get stuck into that that way of being and I've I've come to experience that that just doesn't doesn't work because change is inevitable change will always happen and so what I've learned is just more and more to be more proactive in following the change instead of waiting 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 resisting 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 like really squeezing every last drop of juice out of it and then kind of it dies and then finally um, changing or changing course or direction I've come to, I've come to learn that that's not a healthy way of change and also a way of change that doesn't doesn't feel good because change is always scary like it's not that this these past few months and this transition hasn't been scary it's been fucking scary there's been moments where I was like what the fuck am I doing like why like what's the reason this has been smart this is a good decision I don't know what I'm doing here or like all these thoughts are coming up so that's that's normal uh, but I've I've come to experience that it does become easier if you are more proact proactive in it. When you and I've recorded actually a whole podcast episode on this principle of really learning to quit at the top, at the peak of success. Okay, so I've been talking already for quite some while, and I feel like I've only covered about like one third of this trip so far. But let me continue to the time in the Netherlands. So in April, we I spend about like almost a month three and a half weeks or so in Netherlands and Central was this bridge immersion weekend that we were creating so the bridge immersion is a couples or Tantra immersion Tantra intro to Tantra weekend for couples this was the first time me and Modestas were really teaching teaching together for a longer period of time like we've taught workshops and let things and of course we're collaborating and and working together around the soulmate training so the soulmate training basically is a seven level 
a couple's Tantra training that my Tantra teacher, Ma'ananda Sarita, created. And we're ourselves in that journey. And that training really changed my life, changed our relationship, but in general, how I look into relationship, how I see relationships. Um, and it's been, it's been super inspiring. And also we've been apprenticing to teach this work. So we've been learning and studying with her. Now in Bali, I am the innovator, the organizer, and really, yeah, look on the improved the customer journey. I'm also involved in assisting the work and of course supporting couples there. And out of, out of our experience, basically we created a, the bridge immersion, like a weekend for couples specifically hosted here in Europe, in the Netherlands, to have that introduction to this beautiful and powerful work to see what it can can offer you in your relationship. And this weekend was, I already sold it when we were still in Bali. I found a beautiful venue and we sold it within 48 hours. And so, yeah, this weekend was really central to us being in the Netherlands and really for the first time in that way teaching together. Now, specifically also the time in the Netherlands was for me a little experiment on, okay, how do I like being here? Can I see myself living here? Because what I didn't really dive into, but was is definitely central to this whole trip is around collecting data. I said it to Melissa's the other day of like, I see this trip really as us collecting data. I know it's not been perfect. I know it's been chaotic at times I know it's been stressful at times I know it's been challenging between us and communication and all these things happening however I really see it as like a big experiment and as okay we're just collecting data right now to figure out how we could see ourselves live in Europe like where we could see ourselves have a home so like really trying to find a home also has been this yeah central like thread to follow of like okay he's from Lithuania I'm from the Netherlands we both do feel called to be more in Europe. Europe has more, like if we ever see, well, I really want to have or build a house. Okay, Europe has more of this grounded feeling than really investing and doing that in Bali, for example. So, okay, exploring that, where could we see ourselves live? Do we see, do I see myself live in Lithuania? Not sure. Do we see ourselves live in the Netherlands? Not sure. So with all these questions also, we incorporated these moments of like spending time in our home countries to, to figure that out. And so, Besides te us teaching the bridge immersion, it was also, okay, let's see, how do we vibe in the Netherlands? Now, when I first drove into the Netherlands, I remember because I was coming from Germany and that's a, yeah, we were, I was organizing also a soulmate training in Germany and setting up the Germany or the European stream of the soulmate training specifically. And Modesta ended up last minute going and flying to Thailand for work. That also was its whole own story. It wasn't an easy, easy moment of the trip. Um, really, yeah, him feeling, and this is a, a principle in a relationship is following your own soul calling. And it's part of like a tantric relationship. One of the principles is giving space for each other to follow your own soul calling and that it's important for in general, long lasting, sustainable relationship, which probably you've experienced. It's like, it's super important to keep doing you as well and to keep following what your soul wants to do. And remembering that you get into a relationship to basically support each other's soul, soul's callings, to really become a team to lift each other up in that. And so his soul really was like, okay, I need to go to Thailand for work, which was super last minute, even though, yeah, he was supposed to support me in the organization and setting up the soulmate stream in Europe. And we had to shift and change in that, which wasn't, wasn't easy, but we found a way and um, yeah, eventually it all worked out. 
but that was yeah it's like those moments in a relationship you know where you have to like okay adjust and support each other even though it might not be what you personally want because I was desiring something else I was desiring for him to be with me or I wanted to be yeah I asked for his support there and so he had to change and adjust that anyway so I was driving by myself to the Netherlands so it was actually the very first time I had the van to myself which I freaking loved it was a little scary because it's driving with a stick and I can do that I just haven't done it for a long time driving into the Netherlands I remember this moment where I crossed the border and I was super excited and suddenly I got really sad and I had this feeling of like this is not my home in the sense of I I really don't see myself living here and that was pretty interesting to to feel and to sense because a part of me was was in a way desiring and hoping to be maybe this time when I come back to the Netherlands like maybe this time it all makes sense and it feels really right to just be here again because it seems so easy and then I'll be in general close to my family um, like a lot of my clients are here I know the country really well I talk the language and so there was this there's always this tiny bit that's in me like but maybe this time and still I'm like I'm definitely open to that changing um, but I really strongly felt like no this is not the home base that you're looking for this is not that place so that is one of the things that happened and yeah still something I feel is like I love visiting I love being there for work and at this point in time it's it's not my home home in that way um, and also that's been then yeah challenging in the rest of the trip and just to then be like okay but then where is home you know sometimes feeling lost of like okay so I don't understand it logically anymore I don't understand or see where we would be living or we'd be always on the road but that's also not something that I I want so okay we have then a, a home on wheels with the van okay I can see that but for how long and I don't have answers to these questions but they're questions that are just sometimes floating around and I've learned to just ask the questions and not try to logically answer them in this moment and trusting that the answers will come uh, easier said than done um, but in the way it's also yeah just exciting of like I, I know I'll, I know we'll, we'll figure it out and the answers will come um, and this was one answer that I was I was like okay but so Netherlands is not not that for now and besides that being in the Netherlands also was very fascinating because Modestas ended up coming like a week later or something and us there's something when we are together in the Netherlands which is super challenging and we've talked about it and analyzed it and tried to like figure out what it is and it really has to do a lot with the conditioning and the social conditioning uh, that is there and the moment I step back into the Netherlands there is this even though I've done so much work on letting go of certain shames or stories of of the net of my culture you know also of, of my family or upbringing but also from the schooling system and just in general the conditioning that comes with every culture in every country however there's always still like yeah a little bit of a, uh, a framework that I step into when I'm in the Netherlands like we act a certain way we do things a certain way we say things a certain way we don't do things a certain way and that's just something because well I've been there most of my life now Modesto doesn't have that because he's from a different country and so he is in that sense more free when he just steps into the Netherlands he doesn't he's not that bothered or that like busy with it and so when we're somehow there together it really 
comes out uh, or it, it becomes more visible because I'm sometimes also not aware of that. So, for example, one of the things is that he, we are really like cuddly or kissing or just close and intimate when we're like walking on the street or going to a supermarket. And he loves just, I don't know, out of nowhere, like giving me a good kiss or uh, a little makeout session or something. Now, when we're in the supermarket, I would get like really like feeling ashamed or uncomfortable and like, I don't know, I can't almost receive this and it becoming overwhelmed by it uh, because I feel afraid of being judged and Actually, the thing is, we have been judged also in the Netherlands. Like, we actually have been... That was another time we were there, the first time we were together in the Netherlands. Um, Modestus was also on a trip. He came, and we were very happy to be reunited. We went to a restaurant, and literally, the waiter... There was, like, literally no one in the restaurant. There was one other couple sitting next to us, an older couple. We thought we were... I don't know. It was just very cute to have that older couple, us, and we were happy. We we're sitting close, cuddling. We weren't even kissing, and we had a waiter come to us and be like, um, can you please not be so lovey-dovey, otherwise I have to ask you to leave. And it was shocking. It was, it was really shocking, and so we had something similar also happen this time when Modestus arrived, and we went to the sauna together, um, and we were, I know, he was floating me around in the pool or something, or he was holding me, and I was so relaxed and surrendered. And then one of the ladies from the sauna came of like, you're, you're too close for too long. You can't do that. It's against the rules. And like those moments really, like Melissa's going to be like, oh, okay, whatever, just kind of laughs at it. And just like, wow, this is so fascinating, this culture, and, and observe it like that. And for me, it really... I don't know, it really, it's hard for me to shake it off. I feel like so guilty or that I did something wrong, uh, so ashamed almost. And it's, so yeah, it's super interesting to know this, how big of an impact it can still have. This, this then this feeling, this fear of like, oh no, what am I, what if I'm thrown out? It's like social anxiety almost, like social, being afraid to be judged by your society and being outcasted or thrown out. Now, I actually have already removed myself in that sense and I'm living more just my way and, and I consider myself someone that has let go of a lot of, a lot of, yeah, those stories that are not mine to carry. And still in those moments, it, I can, it really impacts me more than I would like to admit or I would like to, to feel. So yeah, it actually, it's somehow not that easy for us together to be in the Netherlands when it comes to like these kind of patterns and conditionings that kick in and then also yeah just having this this look at my own culture and my own country where I'm like huh like why why do we do these things or why do we do really seeing more and more where certain parts of me are coming from or yeah it's kind of um how do you say that really like a, f a full close-up of myself when I'm there with him it's like an extra mirror in my face now another thing that I really started to see is this saying that we have in the Netherlands do maar do maar gek dan doe je al nee <laughs> do maar normaal dan doe je wel doe je al gek genoeg so just be normal then you're already crazy enough and I don't know it's just been so fascinating to see how ingrained that is in Dutch people in the culture of the Netherlands and even though we often say, oh, we're such an open-minded country, I'm not so sure. Um, so, yeah, it's been a reflective few weeks when it comes to that personal process for me being in the Netherlands and, and understanding how, how big of an impact 
something like that has had on me and still has and figuring out ways to let it go a little bit more and to be able to laugh about it and talk about it uh, but yeah really as I said before like our relationship somehow mirrors that and brings that up even more and really puts it into my face of like can you look at this please um, so it always comes with yeah a lot of self-reflection and it's it's a, it's a journey <laughs> being in the Netherlands now on the other hand the um, bridge immersion was freaking amazing definitely one of the highlights so far of this trip I've never had such a beautiful group of couples together ever I was totally blown away when the couples were introducing themselves and being so open and authentic and so many completely being out of their comfort zone but still showing up a lot of men also being like I'm so far out of my comfort zone but my woman said um I wanted to go so I trust her and she most of the time comes up with really great ideas and so I just follow that and trust that it was very very touching um very fulfilling and definitely it tastes like more at the end of the weekend one of the comments that really stuck with me was one guy that said like yesterday morning because it was like basically a two-day uh two nights two-day immersion weekend He's like, the first morning I thought, like, I think we're we're going, we're out of here. We stayed, and now not even a day later, I have to say Tantra is cool. To me, that was just like, I've done my job. Um, and he's like, I want more. And just to have that transition, he's like, I really have the feeling I understand now what Tantra is about. And I really see the value of it. I really see what it actually truly is. And I think it's freaking cool. And I think it can help us and our couple so much. So big success and um, we are already planning another bridge immersion. Um, we actually have the dates as well, which will be announced soon for the second bridge immersion. I'm very, very excited for it. And also um, it's been really good practices for me and Medesis to work together like that noticing how effortlessly we flow in general has been really special and at the same time also yeah learning to be like okay um and again this is what i said before with this data collection thing of like how is it to work together and uh, how does it impact us as a as a couple because it's interesting and some people also have asked it's like okay so you're a couple and then you're working together like how do you manage that and it's something we are also trying to figure out in the process of trying to see, okay, where are the boundaries? Because what happens is that the days before actually teaching the retreat, a lot of little things were coming up between us where we're like, I think we've worked through this. Like, where is this coming from? But really it's because we're holding space. It almost always, and I've, I've noticed that from the past years of teaching in general, is that things uh, that you're teaching, they will come up again for you to embody even further, even deeper to really learn the lesson so you can actually teach it because the only way you can actually teach it something is when you embody it fully and so when you are a teacher yeah you'll be asked or at least if you're a good teacher you'll be asked to really dive into the embodied experience of whatever it is that you're teaching over and over and over and over again so when as a couple we teach this work yeah we have things coming up between us really where we have to look into and, and work and we use the tools and we practice it which makes it easier to teach too but it's hard work not just by holding the space for couples but also for us as a couple itself so it's not not as easy as it might look from the outside 
And yeah, we're also reflective and trying to figure out, okay, so we do really love working together. It fulfills us so deeply. And at the same time, okay, what is most important? Our relationship is most important. And on the second place comes us working together. So how can we keep focusing on, on us and, and then, yeah, have healthy, clear structures of, of when we switching into work, for example. Now, yeah, again, as I said, these are all topics we're playing with and working with and learning from and learning in. And so that basically brings me to the last topic that I wanted to share about or the last struggle that's been coming up and something that we've been reflecting on a lot. Because really with this personal update, I wanted to give you kind of like a peek behind the scenes of the things that are happening, we're going through, we're reflecting on, we're working with. And for sure, this trip has been amazing and, and adventurous. And there's been so many beautiful, as I said, dreams coming true and things that I really wanted to experience happen. But also it's brought up lots of like, like moments where we're like, okay, this is something, how, how do we do this now? This is different. Like, what do we do with that? How would we work with this personally, but also together? And so one topic that's also been coming up is us living in a tiny space together and spending a lot of time together. So we knew that from the beginning that it's going to be different and something we have to to work with and to figure out anew because in Bali we lived in this beautiful house where we both had our own room we had two bedrooms so it was easy to sleep a night apart or just take more of your space and wet our scooters so we could drive off and do our own thing plus we have our own friends and community and things like that and so we knew that this trip it's like okay that's going to not be as easy or it's going to be different so how do we do that here now I have to say that in the the first few weeks um we weren't really so focused on it and what started happening was that basically we were spending a lot of time together basically all our time together and the time started to become more and more about practical things because we were so busy with trying to figure out all these moving pieces of the trip and trying to make them fit together so there was work because we were working and doing things and creating things together then there was the Venn project we were working on and also creating things and then we had in general the whole structure of the trip and so basically it became more and more about practical things so then we were together but it wasn't really quality together time quality connection time and we didn't really have that much alone time and that started to cause, yeah, just like irritation and unnecessary like arguments and and just this icky feeling of like, what the fuck are we doing? This is so unnecessary. Like we love each other. We don't have to argue about this or get defensive or react or do these things. And yeah, we really now are like, okay, seeing this more of like, how can we create this quality connection time and quality alone time? So, for example, uh, now we figured out, okay, we can just go for a walk by ourselves and have more of quality alone time. Or, for example, now Modesta's decided to go to this dance event is really his quality alone time. It gives me also quality alone time. I love being in the van in nature here with the river. And so that's really already it can feel sparking um, some new, fresh and healthy energy into our relationship. And then, yeah, also figuring out, okay, when we're connecting together how to create actually quality connection time so we have our love appointments for example that we're doing um, which are really helpful and also we had the part of this trip the soulmate level three which we followed ourselves in czech republic where we really had a week long where we could receive where i didn't have to organize modessa didn't have to teach we 
really got to be participants and really, really soak that experience in. And it fueled so much of the quality connection time that we were missing because of all the moving pieces and all the practicalities of this trip. And so um, having creating these moments is something we've been really focusing on. And in the beginning, we weren't so aware of it and that wasn't leading us into a place that we really like and so we had to adjust and that's how we're constantly basically playing with it so once again last thing I want to say about this trip is my mindset around it it's just a big experiment and this is how I see many things in life and it helped me to make uh, big choices or to to try things out and to make it just easier to to keep on moving and to explore new things that you're dreaming or desiring or wanting to call into your life is just take baby steps and go experiment, explore. So for me, this trip wasn't about, okay, now we're going to move to Bali forever and we need to find our home and putting so much pressure and, pressure and expectation on it. It's like, no, okay, we are combining visions. We're creating a big puzzle. We're trying out different experiments of working together, of traveling together, living in a van together, being with family together uh, or by ourselves and me working in the Netherlands by myself, him going to dance events, together going to dance events, so many different kinds of experiments. So we can just collect data and we don't have to be perfect in it. This has helped me a lot to, yeah, just to feel more at ease with it where yes, constantly things are flowing and there's ups and downs and it's an experiment. We're just collecting and gathering data to figure out how do I work? What do I like in Europe? What does, does he like? How do we fit together? How do we see our lives? Um, and that has made this trip very fun and actually very very amazing in the sense of we've been collecting shit ton of data i haven't said i've analyzed the data that well of course in this podcast there's been moments where we definitely have integrated and analyzed things but i feel i need a little bit more time to do that and basically yeah we have about one more month in europe before flying back to bali for there were a few months in the summer, as I mentioned before, uh, teaching and hosting retreats and following retreats myself, learning. I'll be finishing my Tantra teacher training. And for now, the rest of this trip, uh, we're a few more days here in the Spanish Pyrenees, fixing a few more things on the van and me being super supportive, of course, <laughs> in the right way, in the way that he can receive it and spending some last moments with my mom. And then... We haven't fully figured it out. As you can see, it's still like a work in progress, even now, even though we, I thought we had to figure it out. Now it seems to be shifting, which is a good thing. Um, so either, yeah, we're stepping by the Netherlands or Lithuania. We'll have to see. But we end in, drumroll, Finland in Helsinki of all places. I've never been. Um, everyone I say to is also like, what? How... What, what the fuck are you going to do in Finland? And so we're actually flying back from Finland to Bali. In Finland, we're finishing up with a Zouk training that we're doing together and also a Zouk festival. So to dance more, which I'm excited about. And lastly, I received a bunch of questions from you guys, um, which all were basically with the same theme. So do you miss some kind of structure living this life or not at all? How do you stay connected and conscious in the midst of all the change and not get dragged? How to feel grounded and keep up a healthy routine practice when not having a stable place? And how do you stay centered without a solid place to be? Basically all with the same theme. Now, this episode is becoming a little bit too long for me to dive into that, but I'll record a new episode where I'll answer all of those questions and give you all of my tips and tricks and things that I've learned over the past months and years.
And that makes the end of this podcast. Thank you so much for listening, making it all the way to the end. Always feel free to reach out with any questions, comments. I love hearing from you, so please feel free to do so. And I see you in the next one. Thank you.